Welcome to the SaaS Dad Lab podcast, where we bring to you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in like SaaS companies. And today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Stephen. He is the co-founder over at Deep Hire. First of all, thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. I know people like yourself, you know, busy entrepreneurs, always on the go doing something. So I appreciate the time that you're taking out for this. So. Uh, first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit more, you know, about yourself, what you've been doing, and really where the idea for Deep Hire came from. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, my name is Stephen Gates. My co-founder is Russell Ratcliffe. We both met, uh, you know, year one of university, which was four or five or six years ago. Kind of blends together by now. But, um, you know, we're, we were both pretty entrepreneurial even during university. So one thing that we always did, have you heard of hackathons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hackathons, coding competition, 24 hours. Um, we went to a lot that had, you know, 100 to, I think the biggest we went to had 1,000 people, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and during year two, maybe year three of university, we really took it pretty seriously. You know, we went basically every single weekend, different hackathon, different competition, different idea, different team, uh, different judges, different everything, right? Um, I think the only weekends we didn't go or at least that I didn't go was maybe during finals you know so uh we did that for about a year year and a half straight and um you know the more you do something the better you get at it so we started winning some more uh significantly more as a consequence towards the tail end of that kind of gearing up for graduation as well we started looking for you know like every hackathoner wants to work for some of the big five tech companies right apple facebook um google whatever so we started putting out applications. I put out over 200 applications. Russell did, I think, like 300, um, all in the wow. Silicon Valley type of area because uh, that's where we thought we wanted to be. Uh-huh. Um, and from all that, I got rejected from every single one, and I heard back from a human, I think, three times, and I got <laughs> 50 rejection letters. Uh-huh. You know? And then Russell's story is the same. So right. we were both just rejected over and over again from every single one, um, mm-hmm. which – to me, that's when we started thinking like, all right, well, what the hell, you know? Uh, how come these kids that I know from Stanford and stuff, all these nice big brand name schools, they're getting this, they're getting these applications, so they're getting coding yeah. assessments, they're going through and that's fine. Um, but we're not, but we've beaten these type of people before. So cool. it's always not a question of, you know, technical ability. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we started thinking, all right, this is the final hackathon. It's gonna be in Michigan. It was one of the hackathons that started it all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first one I went to, so it was kind of fun, kind of special. Um, and we're like, you know what, let's, let's build a hack that we think we can use that we think that companies should use and whatever, something to solve this problem. Right. You know? Cause we thought if only they could see us and if only I could know more about their culture as well, Very cool. um, then, you know, that, that could be, that could be something. So, you know, final hackathon, um, shout out to 1517 fund. They were one of the sponsors there. I remember, you know, meeting them and texting them throughout the event, trying to get feedback on the idea that we were working on. We whipped up the MVP or some AI, whatever, over-engineered thing. Um, you know, we did the pitch in front of everyone. It went great. They ended up Venmoing us our prize, like, on the spot, which was, yeah. to us, was like, whoa, you know. Um, and then, you know, that's what really was started. They Venmoed us, and they said, this is awesome. Send us monthly updates, and let's see where you're at in three months. That's awesome. Uh, and I think the prize was something like 5000 bucks. Mm-hmm. which sounds very, very small now that, you know, we're running a business and stuff. <laughs> but in terms of, you know, hungry little college kids just looking totally. for anything to, yeah, yeah. That, that was, that was very, very impactful. Very, very significant. It's validating. Um, 
for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we took that, then we went back home to Akron, you know, our Venmo accounts had a little bit more money in it and we we're like, all right, this was interesting. Should we actually make a company out of this? So we started talking. Turns out there's an incubator in Akron that we'd been talking to for a little bit. They took an interest. They invested some pre-seed money in that same idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, fast forward about a year, we scrounged up a few pilots. Nothing was really happening. We had some um, team issues, whatever. But during the pilot, we built out this whole big system. The pilot actually only liked one little specific part of it, which mm-hmm. was this one-way video interviewing idea. You know, this idea that they can send out a list of questions out to a candidate. Candidate just has to click a button, answer each question on video. Those videos get sent back to the recruiter. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the part they were pretty interested in. So that's the part we were like, all right, this is our 20%. Scrap the other 80%. Um, so we literally deleted the other repos, only focused on this 20%, the, this interviewing video technology. Um, and, you know, I think three months after that pilot, we got our first customer. Um, then another three months after that, we had 10 customers and then now, uh, we're in the middle of type of reorging. So now around 15, 20 customers. And how long has it been since that? Um, I would say we've got serious about the one way stuff in January. Um, this last year. Yeah. Yeah. This year, the first customers were in, I think June. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think from January to June is really us just, you know, pitching, failing, learning how to sell, learning how to market, just over and again, just trying again and again, getting pooped on over and over and again. Um, then eventually we got a few customers who actually used the tool. One of the customers now has doubled her business because of it, nice. which is, awesome. um, you know, very, very validating. But um, yeah, so maybe in the span of three months, we got 10 customers. And then in the past, Mm, two months ish uh we've been reorging and starting to approach the the selling part of it much more scientifically and that's what i'm in the middle of that's super that's a really really cool story to be honest nobody's ever gone into that depth or i don't know if there is that kind of depth to their story but it's really cool to see how you went through that whole experience you know being in the hackathons and then pretty much just wanting to be working with these big companies seeing like how cutthroat essentially they are at actually like picking their candidates and you kind of finding out, you know, like it's not necessarily the school or the skills, like there's something else that has to be there. And you kind of like picked out this little issue that is not necessarily knowing who's actually applying or anything like that. Uh, so very impersonal in a way. Now, you, you, I think you mentioned that it was about uh, a couple months to get your first customer. What was the thing that sort of clicked that like, if you could go back and, and, and realize, you know, like that first customer, Closed because of what reason? Hmm. Um, I guess our very, very first customer, or the one that I, the very first customer that I closed as part of this selling, selling process. Um, honestly, I think they closed just because they liked us and they wanted to see how we could update the tool. And the tool is very rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. You know, it had literally one feature, which is create the interview and send it. Mm-hmm. I guess two features, right? Create the interview and send it. Um, so I think they bought it at some very, very deep discounted price just because they wanted to give us feedback and they're pretty interested in, you know, those could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but further, like the first real customer bought it honestly because they actually needed it. You know, they were already trying to finagle their own way of interviewing a candidate and then cutting up the video and then sending it to 
their client. So we work with third-party recruiters. So that's our main segment, staffing industry, staffing agencies, search agencies, headhunters, et cetera. And they're very, very highly incentivized to make sure that when they present a candidate, that, you know, they're, they're trying to wow their client, mm-hmm. you know, because me as a developer, I'm a walking $15,000 check to the headhunters that we work with. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the, the recruiter needs a way to show off the candidate, present a little bit differently, show a candidate commercial. And that's what the technology is used for on that side. Um, staffing is used for screening, but our first real customer was for this presentation use case. Later on, we developed another use case, which was for, you know, high volume staffing agencies, um, solving the problem of how the heck do you interview 50 receptionists and, and get one of them accepted within three days. Right. You know? I mean, that, that's super high volume yeah. for, yeah, for one recruiter to handle. So that's where our tool comes into play. Very cool. Very cool. What does the sales process look like to find the customers that you're currently looking for? Yeah. So in the beginning, it was really, we used some of our investment money to uh, buy a big database. You know, we went to something that's basically similar to Zoom Info or something like that, bought a big database. Uh, I learned how to do some cold emailing, some cold marketing, and that took, you know, four months to actually get the message right and, and start getting some positive responses, you know? So it was, it was really like, we just burned emails, you know, mm-hmm. we burned emails, we trained on prospects on leads. Um, and I think, I think it took maybe 2000 prospects for us to start hitting the groove. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and we before, bought a database of 24,000. What was that? Before closing any sort of client that was just like oh, yeah. figuring out like how many of the cold oh, yeah. emails did it actually take to close your first one from that? Um, pro- how many cold emails? I've probably sent, let me do the quick math. So I did, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe 10,000 cold emails uh-huh. in a, in a marketing type of way before we actually started honing in on the message until we finally got someone to click and bite and said, wow, this is what I've been looking for. <laughs> and then actually close them. What yeah. did it feel like when you're sitting there pretty much like day in and day out trying to figure this thing out, right? Like, right what do you do when well, like you literally sit there for days and you're just not getting any sort of, not even feedback. Like maybe like people are opening emails. That's about it. But like right. what do you do to kind of like get over that mental barrier that it's almost in this case, right? It's, it's really like a numbers game. And mm-hmm. the more people you reach out to, the more that it will actually eventually come back and, and at least tell you to go away. Um, and obviously then it'll actually like turn into a sale or something like that. I mean, yeah, whenever you're in a situation like that, the algorithm I use, the method I use is just, you know, X plus one. I'm at X, what's literally the next step. I don't care how small that next step is, but as long as I'm making progress every single day, eventually that's gonna compound and eventually it's gonna turn to some, some sort of success. So in that moment, you know, I was thinking, all right, this sucks. You know, I'm burning emails, I'm burning through prospects, nothing's happening. People are saying unsubscribe and saying stop spamming me and whatever. And I'm like, ah how do I make this more targeted? How do I, you know, what, what can I do? So the next step I think I took was, I was like, all right, well, let's just call some people. So I called them and say, Hey, my name's Steven. You don't know me, but I sent you an email two days ago from deep hire. Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to look at it? And then I would literally not even try to sell. I'd ask like, okay, so you read the email then you know, the email is about one way video interviewing and we do this and this, and you can do this feature and that feature. What do you think about that? And they're like, you know, they either hang up or they say, I don't care or, you know, not right now or unsubscribe or whatever. I mean, I think I did maybe a hundred. No, I think I did 200 cold calls before I started adding some type of method and I started realizing, oh, 
people don't care about features they cared about the benefit so then oh. now let's let's start calling people and asking hey what's the main benefit you see out of one of the video interviewing or what, what do you care about before you can buy something um and then that's when we started hearing repeat patterns of um yeah it's a right now tight job market um uh, whatever i can do to stand out for my competition um whatever i can do to get my candidate in front of the client just a little bit faster than my competition um whatever i can do to get to the candidate a little faster than my competition um so those are really the three main areas that we start focusing on as value props of being simple fast and unique so that's like some of the things that you'll throw into the email without even mentioning the product. Oh yeah. So, um, right. That came after my, after I emailed 2000 people, then I started calling people around like, you know, 1,800 emails in, I started calling people. I have 200 cold calls. Then I started figuring that out. So then from then on, um, that's when we started doing more value prop based, value based emails. So I think now my emails look very different, but now my emails are like, um, something, uh, maybe I can pull it up, but something like, uh, you know, we've developed with a unique kind of interviewing tool mm -hmm. that no one's used before in third party recruiting industry. It okay. does this, here's the, here are the results you can expect this, this, and this, is mm -hmm. this worth 10 minutes of your time, you know, and then, and then putting that inside of a drip campaign. Cool. Cool. What does the team currently look like? Is it, is it you and Russell? Do you have other people that are currently helping with other areas of the business? Yeah, me and Russell primarily, we're the only ones working full-time or more than full-time. Um, we just brought on a marketing guy to help us out on the more, um, you know, uh, not operational, but on the more executing side of stuff because now our time is starting to get pretty strapped. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to outsource little bits and parts. And on the developer side, you know, we've worked with plenty of contractors before, but we scale up and down our developers as we need it. But overall, you know, team of two, maybe two and a half uh, if you count the marketing guy and uh, we've had interns in the past, but. Very cool. Very cool. What's the next step for deep hire? Like what's the number one thing that you're currently focused on? Uh, me personally, I'm focused on booking 200 demos um, by, you know, middle of January. So mm -hmm. for a goal like that, you know, there's one, a lot of emails, a lot of calling that has to happen, but you got to do it very smart. So what I'm working through literally right now before the podcast, I was working through, you know, how to segment out our database, who, what, what niches, what keywords that people seem to click on the most and how can I draft a new drip campaign to that audience and how can I project that audience onto, mm -hmm. you know, our, our, the rest of our database, et cetera. Do you have, aside from what you've done right now for deep hire, like, do you have any sort of background as far as marketing goes or something like that? Or where are you going to like learn all the things that you're currently doing? <laughs> Yeah, man, when we started, I didn't even know what selling was, you know, uh -huh. we, when we started, we didn't even know what an LLC was, mm -hmm. you know, so we, we came in, we really did jump in with two feet, totally committed, yeah. um, got pooped on for a year and a half and now things are starting to happen. I mean, there's no, yeah, there's, yeah, we had, we had no, uh, no lucky breaks. Yeah. Um, yeah. How am I learning all this? Probably the best investment I had was actually purchasing a sales training, um, just like you know, there's a lot of sales training like Sandler's or Grant Cardone or uh, mm -hmm. that other dude, but like there's a lot of common sales training. So I just purchased one of their curriculums. You know, I just grind that out. I think I, I trained on that for like three months straight, like just 24 seven. Um, you know, I was living and breathing that type of stuff. Right. Um, and then magically as I was doing that, the email stuff started improving. So as I started getting leads, it's like, you know, now there's some sort of process and now I know what to expect and, and how to do the selling on the marketing side, you know, 
same thing basically we, yeah. we don't know anything but we're figuring it out <laughs> pretty cool pretty cool that's awesome now what is the biggest challenge that you're currently faced with is it product related is it marketing related is it sales related mm -hmm. like if you could have one thing what would that be I mean, if you ask Russell, we might have a different answer, right? Because I'm focused on the growth part of it. Um, for me, my number one problem is I'm starting to notice I'm becoming time strapped. Um, so how can we get to a point where we can very quickly start outsourcing some of the, some of the tasks that, that I've got to do? Um, but, you know, the biggest problem is how can, I, how can I get more customers in an outbound that follows our process? You know, just basically how to scale out my process. Oh, Russell yeah. might say, you know, maybe something about marketing um yeah i don't know cool cool and uh if you could do one thing like i guess that that was kind of like the question i just asked but um let's let's move into a little bit more of a personal kind of talk right like what's the biggest challenge on a personal level that you've just like keep on hitting against personal level that i keep on hitting against um, I mean, for a while, it was really just trying to figure out, you know, why am I spending so many hours and taking on the so much extra stress of doing a business versus, you know, my, my brother got a job for $150,000 salary straight out of college, and he's two years younger than me as a programmer, and he works, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week. You know, so it's like, why is all this extra stress worth it? Why do I feel like I need to do what I'm doing? Why don't I just do the easy way? You know, so, um, so I'd say that's probably the biggest thing that I've had to figure out in this two-year journey. And what is that reason so far that like, I mean, clearly yeah. there's something there because you're still doing it, right? So like, what is it that kind of like, yeah. what's driving you right now? Yeah, I mean, it goes deep, man. It goes deep. But, you know, basically, um, uh you know, life really is suffering to a certain extent. Um, so like, if you have the potential to do something, you gotta do it. Yeah. What's your biggest accomplishment? Uh, my biggest accomplishment personally or for business or what do you mean? Both. Both. My biggest accomplishment? I don't know, probably really figuring that out and just hitting that growth every single day, you yeah. know? Um, Cause again, like we haven't had any lucky breaks. So it's just like, there are no big one-off accomplishments that we have. It's all literally just X plus one, man. Totally. If you could go back to day one and switch out one thing, like you've already been going for about two years now. Yeah. What's like the key thing that you've learned so far that if you would have done it, say, you know, oh, not the yeah, first yeah. day or something, but like you like uh, earlier yeah. on would have just completely changed any everything. Um, definitely just try to sell early, you know, try to make money on day one, try to make money on day two. If you can, you know, if you can't do day one or day two, make it on day three, just literally just make money. You know, <laughs> I mean, just sell, just sell and just make money. That's like, you don't even need a product, literally get some sales training, figure out the script, figure out the process would be. And then just do a consultative selling type of thing of like, you're figuring out the problem as you're in a demo with the prospect and you've got little slides and you're asking them, okay, this is what we can do for you. And this is what you need. Is cool. that correct, sir? Okay, great. Have you seen enough to make a decision? Okay, great. Who should I send the invoice to? Is it you or is it the CFO? Okay, great. Usually people fall in one of three buckets, 
you know, yes, maybe no. If it's a maybe, we'll schedule a demo with someone else. You know, it's like literally just go and sell. Yeah. Sales script just happened right now. So for anyone that needs a sales script, yeah, he just dropped it for everyone. So no, yeah, and it's a it's a decent one too. Um, but you know, just close, do, do, do as many trial closes as you can possibly think of and like ask them to buy something or ask them if they've seen enough to make a decision or do some sort of like, have seen enough to show this to your boss. Have you seen enough to schedule a demo with me and your boss and you, have you seen enough to introduce me to your recruiter? Have you seen enough to, you know, whatever, just, totally. just trying to get close on the next step as quickly as possible. Because, um, typically if you're an entrepreneur, then you're typically creative enough to just kind of figure out how you can solve the problem. But I mean, the goal is to get as close to their problem as possible as quickly as you can. And really the way to do that is just selling. In the B2B world, in the B2B world, the way to do that is, you know, you go through the process, you find call people. someone, you sell them, you work through, find the decision maker and, um, you know, ask, say, you know, okay, great. So I can sell you this, this, and this to solve this and this and this. Um, that'll be $700 a month. Do you find that reasonable? You know, as soon as they say yes, then you ask them, where should I send the check? You know, like, uh, or where should I send the invoice? Yeah. Um, and then send the invoice. And then at the same time, as you send the invoice, shoot a message to your developer co-founder like I have and tell them, all right, we have this and this and this. Can we deliver this by it. week? Yeah. And then start building it. Love it. I love it. Um, if, or actually, do you have a, a favorite company that you kind of look up to? I know you mentioned uh, mm -hmm. Valley earlier on. So I'm, I, think you've got somebody on mind that you kind of like look after yeah. you're looking at what they're doing, trying to mimic some of the things that they're doing. I mean, kind of overall, I think I haven't found that very beneficial. Same for people. Like, um, I haven't found it very beneficial to, to, to look after people or look after companies mimic anything just because, you know, again, typically, so I'm a pretty decently creative person. And so, you know, I just, at this point, it's just like, you know, put me in a situation and I'm just have, I'm confident I can probably figure it out eventually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to give some sort of answer, there's this company in our space called HireVue that they just exited. They just got bought out completely by a, by a holding company mm -hmm. um, for a nice, you know, they've raised, I think it was like over a hundred million dollars and then okay. they exited to their lead investor. Mm -hmm. um, so they've had a good exit and awesome. same space as us different type of customer segment, but you know, obviously um, they did some stuff right and they're close enough to us that yeah. there's some stuff there that we can learn from them. Yeah. Is that the end goal for deep hire? Uh, I mean, the end goal is for us to buy LinkedIn, right? That's the, that's the, that's the real end goal here. But you know, if someone offered, if someone offered me $10 million right now to buy deep hire and buy our tech and put us in golden handcuffs, yeah. I'd take it and I'd work it off and do an earn out for a year or something. And then, you know, move on and make another one with your huge cash investment, move the cash infusion you just got. Like it totally. gets so much easier once you get a big spike in the beginning. Right. A hundred percent. Do you have a favorite book? Favorite book? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really, really good books, man. Um, I don't really have a good favorite business book. Cause again, it's kind of, you know, I think, I think if you're creative and you're an entrepreneur, then you really should just kind of live it and learn for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's, that really is the fastest way. Um, but favorite overall book, I've been reading this one called Gulag Archipelago. Have you heard of it? I have not. Very, 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 very intense book. Okay. Very intense. Very good. You might want to check it out, but um, it's pretty decently complex. Um, so Gulag Archipelago, I've been liking a lot recently. Um, in the beginning, I actually really liked this book 
Um, it was by who's the dude that uh, was friends with Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie, the, the how to win friends and influence people, but his friend was someone else. And it was like, oh, how I raised myself from failure to success in selling. Mm -hmm. okay. Really old timey, kind of a cheesy book. Yeah. Um, pretty short. Honestly, that might be the only book that's worth reading when you're very first starting how to sell. And then just, just go from there. Just go yeah. from there. Cool, yeah. cool. Awesome. And the uh, last question here, do you have any questions for me, Steven? Um, yeah, man. How do you see that this podcast fits into your, your inbound, inbound gen flywheel? It's good. It's still working on that, like tipping point, essentially. I think eventually like, getting a lot of bigger people on the podcast has definitely helped just essentially a compound that effect of, you know, mm -hmm. influence and whatever. But I've got a couple of people that are interested. I like, I'm starting to get the first people that are actually reaching out to me to be on the podcast, which is pretty cool uh, to see. And that pretty much leads into what could be a potential prospect for myself, which is always a fun feeling. Um, but overall it's been, I mean, it's fun. It's fun learning. It's fun learning like the pain points of the people. Um, so if you're interested in, in starting a podcast, I think it could be something that uh, you'll find beneficial. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because that's what we hired our marketing guy on for us to start our, start a podcast. Um, in recruiting, though, there's no big guy. There's no there's no big, you know, um, there's no one that's huge that's got their own uh, distribution channel kind of. So the virality effect isn't. I think it's a little tough to create in the recruiting department. But I don't know. What do you think? It could be, but you could also become the like even either him or yourself or whoever wants to be on the host of the podcast. Like if you link that very closely to deep hire, you can create that kind of, you know, thought leader very, very quickly, mm. I think, and just pretty much take off from there and use that as an anchor to build deep hire. And that's like how mm. people actually start learning about it and so on. So I think there's, I think there's definitely some potential with that to be explored for sure. Hmm. Yeah. How, how does that happen? So we, we, let's say we just keep making podcasts and we've got, you know, now 15 in the library of, mm -hmm. of different recruiters that, you know, we've, that's in my database. Um, you know, now what? Mm -hmm. So I think what I like, the, the thing that I would do in this case, and this is just off the top of my head right now without really any thought about it is reach out to either recruiters or the founders or the owners of this, of the, um, the recruiting agencies, right? talk to them, ask them if they want to be on a podcast to talk about their experience as a recruiting agent, how they're doing mm -hmm. the company, figure out the pain points, and then really like dig down on like what it is that is pretty much like, like you said, like the three things that you're adding in the email, right? If it's uh, the uniqueness, if it is beating the competition, like asking those questions on the podcast, like how are you currently doing that? Like what is the, the edge that you have against your, these other people in the industry and literally use that to pretty much sell themselves on the software. And then when you're off the call, you can make the pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. makes sense. So just a nice, easier way to have them enter into the sales process. Totally. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, man. So uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure having you. And uh, for anyone that's watching, listening, whatever it is you're doing with the video or audio, make sure to hit the like subscribe or whatever button you can see. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Take awesome. Care, Thanks for the time.